founder, Michael Lee Strategy. Bullish, I love it. In your notes, you say you are bullish, Michael Lee. Tell us why that is. So um, just from a 10,000 foot standpoint, we are in an expanding economy that the speed of that expansion may be slowing, but we see no liquidity changes on the horizon. I think earnings estimates are continue to be too low. Um, and when you're in a low interest rate environment with tons of liquidity in an expanding economy with tons of cash on the sideline, I, I simply don't uh, see how stocks can drift much lower. So you're, you're getting calls all across the street that there could be a 5%, 10%, 20% correction wouldn't be out of um, you know out of the question. I, I would say to them, what what is the catalyst for this? Because valuation is rarely a catalyst to send stocks much higher, much lower. There typically needs to be something something else out there. And then when when you look at the amount of cash on the sidelines, so if we did have a two or three percent sell off, you're looking at four and a half trillion dollars in money markets. You've got $700 billion of announced corporate buybacks, not including the 60 billion from Microsoft. So I, I just, I don't see the Fed tapering anytime soon. Uh, you know, the growth of the economy is gonna slow on a year over year perspective, but it's still an expanding economy. I don't see liquidity changing in any meaningful manner. And I think earnings estimates are too low combined with the, you know, the excess cash on the sidelines. Uh, I only see one direction for stocks and that's higher. Ah, all right. So that being said, um, I don't know how much you think the Fed may or may not put a bump in this outlook. So I, I think um, these job numbers that, that we got, and I, I don't necessarily think that the pace of hiring is going to pick up as dramatic as a lot of people think. Uh, and the fact that um, the, those in the transitory inflation camp are starting to see their predictions come through with cost of uh, airfares, hotels, and cars coming down, just as Jill mentioned in the previous segment, yeah. that I, I, think, I think the Fed is gonna be on the sideline um, a, a lot longer. I think we haven't even announced a taper. And when the taper comes, it will most likely be $10 billion a month over the course of a year. At the end, you're gonna be left with the balance sheet that's between eight and nine trillion, if not greater. And they, they need to start letting that balance sheet run off and raising rates before liquidity is gonna fundamentally change. So if that happens, we're talking 18 months from now, maybe longer, if ever. So uh, until that liquidity uh, changes meaningfully, I think stocks you know, really have one direction to go, especially because the largest companies that drive the overall indices are having exceptional uh, earnings period. I think the street is too low in their analyst estimates. They have been since the crisis, and I, I don't see that trend changing anytime soon. It's, you know what? I wanted to, as you're talking about the big companies, I know you had Microsoft on your list today uh, for discussion. It's my understanding you like this one. Yesterday, we were talking about Morgan Stanley upping the price target. They upped it to over, uh, I think it was 331 from 305, saying quarterly dividend raise was likely. And we got that. Microsoft boosts the quarterly dividend 11%, plans to buy back $60 billion worth of shares, um, naming a president. In the meantime, you know, it's really at these highs, right? Um, it looks pretty great. Your thoughts, because year to date is up 35%. Still has room to the upside? Yeah, so so uh, what is more bullish than a stock or an asset hitting an all-time new high? Okay, there's literally no holders of the asset 
that uh, have a loss and need to sell. So stocks, markets, assets that hit new highs usually continue to hit new highs uh, unless something fundamentally changes. I think micro, I think the cloud as a market um, is getting bigger. Microsoft is continuing their domination there. Uh, I'm speaking to you from a Surface laptop, which is absolutely spectacular. Most of the world is embedded with their Windows suite for better or for worse. I, I just, I, I don't see the good things that are happening at Microsoft changing anytime soon. And when you're involved in a company this big, you're almost buying the overall market. So it's 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 going to get plenty of inflows from the ETFs as well as the uh, big cap stock managers that need to own this name. So I, I, I you know, even though, you, you know, you, you want to buy stocks at cheaper than, than where they are on, on almost every single occasion, it's just simply not, you know, they, if we could do that, we would do that. But the reality is just because it's gone up doesn't mean it's going to stop going up, if that makes sense. Right. I see. Yeah, no. And in fact, you can even say it's a momentum thing. And just the fact that it's such a behemoth, you said it really defines what we look at in some of these indices. Um, and then there's Target. There's one opening up in the city, another one opening up right here in New York City. Uh, people love Target. They loved it during the pandemic. Um, consumers do have some cash to spend. Tell me more about Target and why you went into the retail space for a stock pick. Yeah, so uh, I, um, I, the consumer remains strong, okay? Uh, th there are um, some employment issues, but you have a savings rate uh, near 10%. Uh, you have jolts in the 10 million, 10 million range. So anybody who wants a job can find a job. Um, you have a ton of, uh, you, you have a housing boom that, uh, multi-factored housing boom based on people changing the way they live in a post-COVID world. But also there was, there's just been a lack of household formation since, uh, since the great financial crisis. And then that, that trend's reversing itself. And so not only at Target can you buy your consumer electronics, uh, you can buy things for your household, you can buy clothing, you can buy your groceries. Um, and, and Target is still uh, a management story turnaround. You know, they, they you go back two or three years ago, they're all sorts of different issues in delivering and, and um, delivering on the omni-channel execution, which is very difficult to be able to sell people things in-store, online, and online to pick up at store. It sounds easy, but it's extraordinarily difficult for companies to execute flawlessly. Target's got that under control. They've gotten over their data leak issues that they had going back a few years ago. So there's been some real changes in management there to where they are just firing on all cylinders. Uh, and I, you know, I don't know about you. I'd much rather shop at a Target uh, than a Walmart. Um, it's 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 just a lot nicer. Um, but you're, you're still you're, you're not paying a significantly higher premium to shop there. You know, that's a very anecdotal stock analysis, but it's been playing out pretty well for me. So I think the best <laughs> way to play the consumer in the housing trend is through Target. Yeah, I see. OK, I get it. And then just winning sectors, losing sectors. Quick thought yeah, there. So, um, you know, I, I'm in the camp that the, the Fed's going to be on the sidelines. So interest rates are going to be uh, lower for longer. And so as a result, I don't see much more steepening of the yield curve. So I've trimmed financials. Uh, and I think now as the economy, while we are expanding, the growth is slowing. And so I have uh, exited out of energy and industrials and I've added uh, 
the REIT sector uh, as a low interest rate commercial recovery, uh, commercial real estate recovery play, as well as utilities uh, to capitalize on that lower interest rates for longer.